Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his series on the pastoral epistles of St. Paul with this message entitled, Sufferings? No Surprise, preached February 21st, 2016. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. Sufferings, no surprise. That is, if you are born of God, if you are a true believer, God calls you to suffer in this world. Suffering is normal in a fallen world. All people suffer. Unbelievers and believers There is sickness, plague, war, enmity, killings, abortion, death, and so on. Christians also suffer especially because of their faith in Jesus Christ. So St. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 4, 12, Dear friends, do not be surprised. At the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. And Jesus himself said in Matthew 24, verse 9 and 10, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. The preacher didn't tell you that. He said, receive Jesus and life will be all good. The biggest fools are preachers who will not preach the truth from the Bible. They go to the bottom of hell because they deceive people. Jesus also said, John 15, 18 through 16, verse 4. If the world hates you, keep in mind, it hated me first. And chapter 16, verse 2. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service to God. Such a person will think He is worshipping God. The theology of health, wealth, power and fame for believers in Christ in this world contradicts Christ's own teaching. It's a heresy. Suffering is our lot. 2 Timothy 3.12 In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me to death. We are to deny ourselves, take up the cross and follow him to death. If we are not hated by the world and the false church, we are not shining as the light of the world. Elect believers 
for whom only Jesus died and lives again. Elect believers will be faithful till death. This is what Jesus said to the church of Smyrna. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. And you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful even to the point of death. And I will give you a crown of life. True believers never deny Jesus or become unfaithful to him. Jesus Christ enables them to persevere till death. To them suffering for Jesus is a means of grace. To them suffering produces holiness. That's what Paul says in Romans 5, 3 through 5. Listen, friends. Not only so, but we also rejoice in sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And James says, chapter 1, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. I'm saying those who are born of God will persevere to the very end in following Jesus Christ. Paul is exhorting Timothy to follow his example of enduring hardship till death as he fulfills his duty of preaching the gospel which declares that Jesus Christ has destroyed our death and brought life and immortality to light for all who believe in him. And Jesus did this by his Death and resurrection. Romans 4.25 He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised for our justification. The writer to the Hebrews says, Hebrews 2, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. We are freed people. From the fear of death. Christ destroyed our death. By his death. And resurrection. This Jesus gives us eternal life. And we shall never perish. Jesus said I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Eternally secure. Are God's people. Who are regenerate. And who follow Jesus. Three things I want to say. Listen carefully. First, remember Timothy, Jesus Christ. Chapter 2, verse 8. 
Timothy is to remember Jesus Christ continually. Notice it is in the present tense. Present active imperative. It's a command in the present tense. That is remember his incarnation, his perfect obedience to the Father's will, his sufferings, his death on the cross as a criminal, his burial and especially his resurrection, his ascension and his session on the right hand of God as King of kings and Lord of lords. And this Jesus, friends, is coming again. This Jesus is coming again to glorify his people and punish all the wicked unbelievers. Timothy, fix your eyes on Jesus. The son of David, the Messiah, the Savior King, who triumphed over death and all his enemies. Hebrews 12, 2 and 3 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Remember Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The triumph of Jesus Christ is our triumph. He died and was raised by the Father for our sins and in our place. He died and in him we died to sin and he lives and in him we live to God by his resurrection power. Remember, Timothy, this central fact of Christ's resurrection. Israel forgot God's blessings and they were defeated. Read Psalm 1. O six, verse seven, thirteen, and twenty-one. So do not forget the gospel, the person and work of Jesus. Believe and proclaim it that the elect of God hear and believe and be saved. Christ is risen as the first fruits of all who have fallen asleep. So we read in 1 Corinthians 15, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. That means all the elect. But each in his own turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. And then we read in the same chapter, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So friends, remember Jesus Christ and be not afraid or ashamed to suffer and die for the gospel. Remember Christ is risen. Christ is victor. His victory is our victory. Because by faith we are united with him. This risen Jesus is with us always to help us. So we can do 
all things through Jesus Christ who gives us strength. Listen to what Paul says, 2 Timothy 4, 16 through 18. At my first defense, Paul says, no one came to my support. Even believers, they were afraid. They stayed home. But everyone deserted me, abandoned me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom that is through his death. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Second, remember me, your spiritual father. Remember St. Paul. I continually suffer persecution for preaching the gospel. For which the risen Christ appeared to me and appointed me a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. I have no choice but to preach this glorious gospel of forgiveness and justification. I have no choice and suffer daily for the preaching of the gospel. No true preacher has any choice in this matter. Moses didn't have any choice. But I am not afraid or ashamed because Christ is risen and he is mighty to guard the deposit of my life which I gave it to him. He is able to guard it forever. 2 Timothy 1.12 This is why I am suffering as I am yet I am not ashamed because I know who I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him against that day my life. To me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Apostle says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. In fact to me to die is better blessed and precious Because Jesus lives and I live in him forever because he never dies again. That's what Jesus said in the Isle of Patmos to St. John. He said, I'm the living one. I was dead and behold, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. He's not going to die again. And we live in him who never dies again. Remember Timothy for the gospel I am in chains and thrown in prison. I am treated as a criminal as Jesus was treated. Remember people said in John 18.30 if he were not a criminal They replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Remember Timothy for the gospel. 
I am in chains and in prison. I am treated as a criminal as Jesus was treated. Though I am a Roman citizen, I am suffering. Jesus told me I must suffer many things. Acts 9 verse 16, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Are the servants of Christ? I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked and so on. In 2 Corinthians 6, rather as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, yet possessing everything. That is the story of the apostle. Though I am bound in chains, the word is not bound. Because Jesus Christ is risen, the Holy Spirit is outpoured, and other ministers like you are free to preach the gospel. You see, the gospel is not bound, sir. There's always somebody will preach the gospel. Paul says in Philippians 1, Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me was really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak The word of God more courageously and fearlessly. The word is not bound. And Jesus said, Matthew 10, 19. When they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it at that time. You will be given what to say by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Timothy, I suffer and bear up under all sufferings for the sake of God's elect whom Christ came that they be saved God's elect chosen from all eternity St. Paul said 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 but we ought always to thank God for you brothers loved by the Lord because from the beginning God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the spirit and through belief in the truth he called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ destined to glory Friends, the elect cannot be saved without a preacher sent by Christ, without a preacher preaching the gospel by the authority of Christ, without the elect hearing the gospel, believing the gospel, and calling upon Jesus to save him. So the word is never bound. 
the Holy Spirit gives the word to his servants to speak and when they kill his servants God raises up other servants to preach the word so every elect of God will in time experience eternal salvation found only in Jesus Christ through faith in him and you read this epistle in chapter 1 verse 1 it says life is found in Jesus Christ chapter 1 verse 13 love is found in only in Jesus Christ chapter 2 verse 1 says grace is found only in Jesus Christ and verse 10 says salvation is found only in Jesus Christ there is no other savior sir This salvation comes to us with what's our eternal glory. Listen to the Ordo Salutis of John Murray's book, Redemption Accomplished and Applied. First is election of love. Second is predestination to eternal glory. Third, effectual calling. Fourth, regeneration. Fifth, conversion, that is repentance and faith. Sixth, justification. Seventh, adoption. Eighth, sanctification. Ninth, perseverance. And tenth, glorification. Destined to glory, sir. We are destined for eternal glory. What we lost in Adam, Christ has gained for us and more. So Paul says, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are, what sir, wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory that far outweighs them all. So what do we do? So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. The elect shall persevere to the end. Be faithful till death and I will give you a crown of life. Those who walk away and turn away from Jesus Christ are false believers never regenerate examine yourself and see make your calling and election sure friends saving faith is persevering faith and that persevering faith shall not fail us because it is the gift of God for every regenerate person. In the parable of the sower, only the good soil people were true believers. Only they brought forth fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. Others were temporary believers. They were unregenerate. They were bad trees. Elect are regenerate they are good trees 
They have divine nature that produce good fruits of good works of obedience. John 15 verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. In 1 John 3, listen to this. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous. Just as he, Jesus Christ, is righteous. And now, he who does what is sinful is of the devil. If obedience to Jesus Christ is a hard thing for you, you are not born again. There is a test. The paternity test. See, they have that now. And we have it in the Bible. Who is your father? God or the devil? And third, remember scripture. This passage is thought to be a hymn. A part of an ancient creed used when believers are baptized. They are told to understand this and believe this. It consists of four true conditional statements. And if you are Greek scholars, A with the indicative means it is true. First two lines speak of salvation in what is known as synthetic parallelism. And so let me give you an illustration. Psalm 92 verse 9. In synthetic parallelism, the second line speaks essentially what the first line says in different words. For surely your enemies, O Lord, surely your enemies will perish. The first line states God's enemies will perish. And the second line says all evildoers will be scattered. In other words, it is essentially same as the first line. And you must listen to me because it matters in the exegesis of this hymn. The second line speaks essentially the same as the first line in different words. The third and fourth lines speak of judgment. The first two lines speak of salvation. The third and fourth line speaks of judgment. The first two lines speaks of conversion and continuance. First two lines speak of comfort. God's salvation. The second two lines speaks of what, sir? God's judgment. It's a warning. 
The third and fourth line speak of judgment. The fourth line therefore speaks essentially the same thought of the third line that is of judgment. Paul is exhorting Timothy to persevere through sufferings, even death, to obtain the crown of life, the crown of glory, the crown of righteousness. Philippian jailer asked the question, what must I do to be saved? What was the answer? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, which is an ongoing trust, faith in Jesus Christ, that you may be saved. And if Jesus saves those who are apostate and unbelieving, that's the fourth line, then Jesus has denied himself. He cannot save unbelievers. So 11b says, if we died with Christ, that speaks of conversion. We died with Christ when we believed in Christ with saving faith. We are united with Christ by faith in his death, burial, and resurrection. Romans 6, 8 through 11. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. That's what line 11b and Line 12a says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We died with him to sin. We are buried with him. We are raised to live a new life. That's why godliness is important. Obedience is important. We are raised with Christ to live a new resurrection life. And Galatians 2, 19 and 24, through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Essentially this means I denied myself. But Christ lives in me, the life I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Saints, when we believed in Christ with saving faith, we died with Christ to sin. Sin no longer is my Lord. Sin does not have dominion over my life. Friends, a believer doesn't have to sin. We are given the ability not to sin. Pose, say, what, sir? Non 
kekare. And don't come and tell me you did it again. You don't have to. If you understood what did it mean that I believed in Christ. In his death Christ died to atone our sin. Saints when we believed in Christ with saving faith we died with Christ to sin. We were buried with Christ. We are raised with Christ to live a new life. A holy life. An obedient life. A transformed life. So that I can do what the Bible says I must do. And not only that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.6 We are united with Christ in an inseparable union. And nothing in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Except what sir? Unbelief. So Jude 24 we read to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy and that's what he will do to every elect. If you are elect of God you will persevere to the very end. You will not become apostate. You will not deny him. Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger or sword? No. Nothing in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God. Except unbelief. Persistent, settled unbelief in Jesus Christ proves that you are not an elect of God. John 10, 28 and 29, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. This is called eternal security of the elect of God who will persevere to the end. And if they stumble and if they sin, they repent of their sin and receive forgiveness from God and move on with Christ. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is true of an elect believer. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed. We want to get rid of the word obey from the Bible. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's our responsibility. But 
For it is God who works in you both to will and to do according to his good purpose. God works in me and I work out by grace. People of God are obedient people, a holy people. John 8.31 What did Jesus say? If you continue in my teaching, persevere in my teaching. So there is conversion, that is line one. There is continuance in the teaching, line two. Because they are speaking about salvation. By grace we endure hardship continually. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. This means, with God's grace, we can endure, obey God, and abound in every good work. Whatever the Bible says, we are able to do. Salvation is by grace from beginning to end. Those who endure shall reign with him. That's what we read in Revelation 22 verse 5. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. That's our destiny, sir. If you endure ongoingly present tense. We will reign with him. The people of God. Our future is bright and glorious. Destined for glory. To live eternally with God. And to reign with God forever and ever. We live with him and reign with him. Even now, yet we experience salvation in its fullness when Christ comes again, when we shall be glorified to live in a new heaven and a new earth where there is no sin. And now the last two lines, it's a warning against apostasy, unbelief, unfaithfulness. Having confessed Christ, they want to live in unfaithfulness. They want to sin, sir. So you must study the Greek text. If apistumen, present active indicative first person plural of apisteo, unbelief unfaithful ongoing settled that's what present tense means if we shall deny him that is the third line our savior and lord he shall deny us as judge they are second and third soil Christians and as such they deny the Christ of their confession in due course 
because they are unregenerate and their faith is not saving faith. If we shall deny him, he shall deny us. And verse 13, if we are unbelieving, that is present tense, unfaithful, ongoingly, in an ongoing manner, a settled way of unbelieving and unfaithfulness. Notice verse 13 is parallel to the third line, 12b. So verse 13 is speaking essentially what is stated in line 3. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Notice verse 13 is parallel to 12b. If we are unbelieving, then Christ remains faithful to his character as judge. He condemns the unbeliever as in 12b. If we deny him, he will deny us. Friends, let me make it very simple for you. What must we do to be saved, sir? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. That's ongoing faith in Jesus Christ. If that is true, if somebody says the Lord saves the unbelieving and the unfaithful, then you are saying Christ denied himself. Christ himself said, if you want to be saved, believe in me and you'll be saved. And if anybody argues, even professors, says it's okay to live an unfaithful and unbelieving life, God will save you. This means they are saying Christ denies himself, but the text says he cannot, what sir? Deny himself. He remains faithful to his own character. Friends, Spurgeon said God cannot die, lie, or be deceived. And Pastor added, God cannot be mocked. So those who teach such things, that you can live an unbelieving and unfaithful life as a habit in a settled way, and God understands it, but he'll save you. That's a lie. That is one-way love. That is antinomianism. That's a heresy. Be holy, for I am holy. And if you are not living a holy life, you are not saved by Jesus Christ. Let me read to you from Mark 
chapter 4 others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy but since they have no root they last only a short time when trouble or persecution comes because of the word they quickly fall away still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word but the worries of this life the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the crop choke the word making it unfruitful others like seeds sown on good soil hear the word accepted and produce a crop 30 60 and even 100 times what was sown demas abandoned the faith the bible says having loved this present world let me read few more scriptures to emphasize this truth if you are living an unfaithful unbelieving unholy life you are second soil and third soil christians unregenerate non elect first john 219 they went out from us but they did not really belong to us for if they had belonged to us they would have remained with us but their going showed that none of them none of them belong to us apostate Hebrews 3:12 See to it brothers it's a warning that none of you has a sinful unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God Hebrews 3 it says this that is why I was angry with that generation and I said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways see to it none of you has a sinful and what sir unbelieving heart matthew 10:32 and 33 whoever acknowledges me before men i will also acknowledge him before my father in heaven but see parallel to this passage here it is Matthew 10:33 but whoever disowns me before men i will disown him before my father in heaven or look at 2 Timothy 2:19 nevertheless god's solid foundation stands firm sealed with this inscription the lord knows those who are his and everyone who confesses the name of the lord must what sir turn away from wickedness people like to believe in jesus and sin and most churches permit you to do that or listen to this Hosea 4:6 My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge I also reject you as my priests because you have ignored the law of your God I also will ignore your children He saves you and he kills also and you read today how he killed the Egyptians Exodus 14 he is committed to one thing only that his own glory he will never let anyone to spit on his face 
by violating his law you will pay for it in due time you will pay for it unless you repent and ask God to forgive you second peter 2:20 and 22 if they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our lord and savior jesus christ and are again entangled in it and overcome they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them of them the proverbs are true a dog returns to its own vomit and a pig that is washed goes back to her wallowing in the mud this is not a church for dogs this is church for god's elect holy people Matthew 7:21 through 23 not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven many will say to me on that day lord lord did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles these are ministers sir then i will tell them i never knew you away from me you antinomians wicked people first john 2:22 and 23 who is the liar it is the man who denies that jesus is the christ such a man is the antichrist he denies the father and the son no one who denies the son has the father whoever acknowledges the son has the father also Peter and Paul counseled us therefore my brothers be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure for if you do these things you will never fall and saint paul says 2 corinthians 13 examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith test yourself do you love god do you worship god do you serve god do you obey god He has become the author of eternal salvation of those who obey him. Simple test. Sir. Friends, fruitless Christianity is dead, demonic and damning. So this faithful saying is a warning to all believers in the church. let me read this to you if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth no sacrifice for sins is left but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of god anyone who rejected the law of moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses how much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the son of god underfoot who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him and who has insulted the spirit of grace for we know him who said it is mine to avenge i will repay and again the lord will judge his people and it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living god
friends, remember what Professor John Murray, the late great professor of Westminster Seminary. Where there is justification, there is sanctification. You cannot have just justification without sanctification. You get the whole package. A disobedient Christian is an unbelieving Christian. Now let me read it to you. Hebrews 12:14. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be what sir holy without holiness no one will see the Lord you can go around and do whatever you want but you will not see him Jesus said Matthew 5 8 blessed are the pure in heart for they will see the Lord Peter says in 1 Peter 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect strangers in the world scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia and so on, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ. Jesus saved us that we may obey Jesus Christ. That's what you said. When you confess Jesus Lord. First Peter 1.14. As, as obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. St. John says. First John 3.3. 3, everyone who has this hope of the coming of Christ. Purifies himself even as he is pure. And let me tell you what my mother told me. She repeated this several times. Let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. Let him who does right continue to do right. And let him who is holy continue to be holy. For Jesus Christ is coming. Or you are going to die to meet him. Revelation 22, 14 and 15. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Outside. We go into the city. They are outside. And listen to this, the last words of St. Paul. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them, but the Lord stood at my side. Friends, Holy Spirit helps us. The Lord Jesus Christ helps us. The Holy Church helps us. To live what's a, a holy life by the power of the spirit of the living God. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. So that through me 
the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly home. To him be glory forever and ever. God is calling us to suffer and die. Jesus told truth. Deny yourself, take up the cross daily and follow me to death. But he has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light to his elect people who will not become apostate. They will do what is right by the power of the Spirit of God. Let me read to you from famous people who agree with my interpretation. The spirit of the Reformation Bible. This is different from Reformation Bible. God would remain faithful in the sense of remaining true to the threat of judgment. God will not fail to judge those who turn away from Christ. God remains true to his character. Both the Christian hope and the threat of judgment are firmly rooted in God's character. The text is speaking about the meaning. Numbers 23:19 God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? He saves the believing and he damns the unbelieving. Hendrickson's commentary For faithfulness on Christ's part means carrying out his threats as well as his promises. Hendrickson's commentary again. It is hardly necessary to add that the meaning of the last line cannot be. If we are faithless and deny him, nevertheless, he remaining faithful to his promises will give us eternal life. It cannot be. Aside from being wrong for other reasons, such an interpretation destroys the evident implication of the parallelism between lines 3 and 4. Spirit of the Reformation Bible again. Elect believers will persevere to the end. Believers persevere because Jesus Christ through the Spirit ensures that every true believer will endure to the end. Calvin says, all who deny Christ are disowned by him. John Calvin agrees with me. Ralph Earl in Expositor's Bible Commentary. If we are faithless, quote unquote, is in the present tense, apistumen, indicating a settled state of refusing to believe in Jesus and obey him. But whatever we do, He will remain faithful 
for he cannot deny himself. Nobody is arguing with that our salvation depends upon the perfect faithfulness of Christ. Did you argue about that, sir? God's faithfulness is eternal. But the issue is God is faithful to his own nature. He cannot save an unbelieving person. That will be a denial of himself. He is faithful to his promises and threatenings. He cannot lie. And we prove ourselves to be God's elect. By hearing and doing the will of God. By the energy of God's Holy Spirit. Which so powerfully works in us. That's why I am a believer. In the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father we pray. That you help us. Not to sleep. Not to let Satan. Take away the word sown. In our hearts. Not to have a hard heart. Lord give us. Heart of flesh. Which you promise. To new covenant people. Take away our stony heart. O Lord. Help us to live a holy life by the power of your spirit that we may live with you, that we may reign with you forever and ever in a new earth where there is righteousness and where there is no sin. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Rev. P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.